This is your host, Jeremiah DeBoard, and this is So Grow Listen, nurturing the soil, feeding the community one meal at a time. I am joined by my exhausted wife, Megan, and my oldest daughter, Thea May. Which which has no much energy. Yeah, give me some of that energy. (laughs) For those of you listening, she was giving me some of her energy. So, Thea, what we're going to talk about today is your favorite vegetable and what you like to do in the garden. What is your favorite vegetable? Uh, what's it called? Uh, cucumber. Um, Shishimi cucumber. Cucumber. Which is a type of cucumber we grew in our garden last year. Yeah. How is your favorite way to eat the shishimi cucumber? Right out the box. That was a good answer. I like that one. It's less preparation in my uh pick it and then eat it. Was it really sweet? Uh sweet and bitter. Sweet and bitter. Beginning a bitter ending sweet. Yes, it had a very complex flavor. Did it have a lot of seeds? Yeah, the seeds were the was what was sweet sweet. It didn't have a lot of seeds though. Well, mine is just a pile of seeds. <laughs> you know, when they get real big. Uh, so, what are you looking forward to doing this year in the garden? Uh, planting, uh, picking weeds, putting the hoops, putting on the. You're looking forward to putting the hoops on. Putting putting the hoops in the ground. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one thing we don't have to do this year is bend all those hoops. That's yeah. true. We spent a couple of days doing that, didn't we? Like two. Mm-hmm. How much is for a day? It was a lot. Too many. Over a hundred. You, you said 300. Was it 300? I think it was. Oh, my goodness. No you wonder it took us so long. 300 hoops. Yeah, we're going to use those again. I'm going to use them slightly different, though, this year. We're going to get some greenhouse plastic and put them over some select rows and so we can plant and stuff have like little miniature low tunnels mm-hmm. low enough that I ate me get crowned you've been stuck in the house all too much on this rainy day haven't you yes I would monsoon day not rainy day Good right, we haven't had this much rain in months yeah we needed it though it's yeah. been really dry the classic uh Classic farmer saying, we needed that rain. Rain and rain. Anything else, Faye May? Yeah. When are you going to get all your other siblings to come on the podcast? They said, no, 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 no. Faye is our, is our, um, is our a representative of the DeBoard clan. <laughs> get Silas in here. He can talk about driving the tractor. I do like this, I like this, I like this, I like this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I like this. All right, then. Thanks for joining us. Boy, boy. See you next time. One of our customers the other day was actually saying he really liked, it was cute, having the kids on here. And I said, cute, really? He's like, well, the first part. I was like, oh, you're talking about the girls, or yeah. talking about Thea. Okay, that's Thaya. cute. I'll, I'll give you that. Yep, they are cute. Sometimes I think they is eight going on fifteen. Yeah, she's uh sold a lot of vegetables though. Yeah, she has, especially Nora. <laughs> yeah, Nora did sell a lot of vegetables. If you want a cute customer service, come to the farm, Sam. The big five year old. Yeah, she's five now. So, for all those who may be not familiar with the term, community supported agriculture basically is where the public purchase a share of the upcoming harvest that allows the farmer, us, to plan better how much to plant and also provide some much-needed capital. Essentially, our shareholders 
great. That term has been ruined. <laughs> but our members who purchase shares from us allow us to utilize those funds to purchase seed, to plant the garden. And then we return that by giving them a share of the bounty of the season. Yeah. With little work on their part. Yeah. They just got to show up. Yep. I, it was fun last You're year. You're more than welcome to come help though. If you want to help. Last year, a lot of people were like, I can't believe you grow this. This is so good. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it took us a little lessons, but it's, I mean, there's it, a lot of things to learn about doing no spray and beyond organic. But at the same time, it just takes a lot of work. It does. I do enjoy gardening. A lot of time. I really we do. We spent a lot of time. And I would say in the first couple months, just trying to get it set up. Yeah. There were some 12-hour days going on. Tell you what, I'm really hoping we can get some shares sold because... I want to apply those lessons we learned this year. Yeah, I think we'd be a lot more successful this year being able to fi- do what we you know, figured out last year, what we liked and didn't like. Yeah, we don't have a lot of lessons to unlearn. Or, Well, I'm sure we're going to learn some more lessons, but at the same time. We- yeah, there was a lot that could have gone wrong, did go wrong. So, <laughs> and Yeah, and then we, you know, it wasn't until later in the season we realized some key points about little things like using pla- using black plastic and yeah. using the cedar and a lot of different little things. What we're doing this year for our com- shares is that we're offering three sizes now. I decided to offer a bigger size just in case some people want it. So the sizes are based off of dollar amount. A small gives you $15 a week in produce a regular gets you $25 a week in produce and a large gets you $40 a week in produce. So I put on the website and made a spreadsheet comparing our prices alongside of Kroger's organic prices that I pulled out of Westlake the other day. And we're really comparable. Now there's some things are a little more on some things we're close to, we might be like 25 cents a pound difference, but we're cheaper in Beckner's, a lot cheaper in Beckner's. Yeah. And unlike Beckner's, we are no spray, no chemicals, no herbicides, pesticides, fungicides. We don't even use organically approved pesticides. Yep. That's one thing a lot of people don't realize. When is, we say no spray, we mean we don't spray anything on. No, we send the kids out there and they... Pick off the bugs or yeah, little pinkies. They, they literally do. And we so put traps out, though. We do put traps out, but that's not spraying on the yeah. plants. And we use non-GMO seeds. We don't use anything. Uh, well, now, we do use hybrids. And you know, as we do incorporate hybrids. But that's those have been crossbred. customer satisfaction so that you get exactly what you want in, a pro- in how produce looks. Well, okay, so this is one thing people don't understand about hybrids versus heirlooms. Heirlooms have been bred too. They've just yeah. been around longer. Yeah. Hybrids and you're have also been taking, crossbred. Like, you're, you're taking the best plant. Yes, and breeding it with another plant. It with so it's more plant. bug resistant. It's more fungal resistant. It's more, uh, what was the other one I saw? It's, it's a more blight resistant. Mm-hmm. And so using a more raising a more blight resistant or more fungicide fungus resistant plant that allows you to not use those chemicals. Yeah. And again, this is all non-GMO plants. Mm -hmm. They have not been genetically modified. They just been crossbred. Yeah. Just like you breed animals. Yeah. The reason we're hit pushing these shares so much is that this is our make or break over the next couple of weeks. We are, Yep, it's down to the wire. We're going to push this hard, see if the community is going to support us and continuing to farm. And if they're not, then figure out from there. Figure it out from there. It might be just a couple people show up and we can give them, you know, extra that we've. And for all those that have, and for all those that have signed up, we're not going to leave you hanging. No. The, the, this is what has been frustrating lately. 
I really want to keep doing this. It's just, we need the community support. Yeah. We need the community support, but we also need to keep living. (laughs) I know dad called me the other day and was like, hey, so there's this job that's open. I really think you have a good shot at it. And I was like, well, what's the pay? He's like, oh, it's over six figures. I'm like, oh, so back to making what I was when I was splicing fiber. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna be miserable though. I know. Sitting I, at a desk. I didn't get into this to. I didn't get into farming to make money. I know you didn't, but like I said, we also have to live. So. Well, I mean, if people buy from us, we live. I know. I can't. I can't. I can only. I can only sit here and beg on my knees to buy a CSA share. Another thing that I did change today is in case people don't really want to go into a subscription style CSA share, uh, they can purchase a gift card and they'll get 10%. So if they buy, say, a $100 gift card, they'll get $100 worth of store credit for $90. And then they can use that if they want to later in the year or if they want to buy meat with it, or they want to just pick and choose vegetables when we if we start opening vegetables. So if you really don't want to do a traditional weekly bundle CSA share, you can also just purchase a gift card, and you know that's another way that you all can help us raise funds. So you have some freedom of option, and you're not locked into produce, or you know you can't pause it or whatever. So. And we'll have some other uh, we'll have some other products rolling out later in the year. We'll redo our weekly subscription bundle, which I'm rebranding. Haven't come up with the rebrand yet. Yeah, there's another story about that. <laughs> we'll talk about, about marketing. Yeah, we'll talk about when marketing. you're a farmer. You're not just a farmer. You are also a marketer. So I was listening to a podcast about farm marketing. The lady was pretty much like, you're a marketer. Well, her exact words were, you're a CEO of a company first. Mm-hmm. You're a worker second. And I really started to realize, no, you're a marketer first. Yeah. Well, going off of that, rather, you're a marketer first and you're a farmer second. Yeah. And I'm just now starting to really focus on the marketing, which I'm still learning because this doesn't come natural to which, me. How much time you put into marketing? I wonder where you're going to have time to do the farming part. Maybe that's why everyone just does social media instead of farm anymore. Maybe. Because there ain't no money in farming. There's not. If only we could eat reels and short videos. <laughs> yeah. Only. We added some options. Please go online, look at those, and purchase them. For the CSA subscription box, we have a 10% off discount until Friday. Our goal is 50 signups for Friday. I really need you all to actually buy stuff. Please. I really want to meet that goal. I'm doing call to actions. I'm setting goals. I'm running coupons. I am going to do a giveaway. He's next. Doing all the things. I'm like, come on, people. What am I doing wrong? Maybe I am doing something wrong. It could be. Or just. Y'all can call me. Let me know. Yet. Had an interesting conversation with another farmer today. She gave me three leads on some drop offs. I'm going to go start talking to those tomorrow. And we will post about them as soon as they are able. I got a couple more convenient ones I'm waiting on. I just, we have to wait a little longer until we can announce them. So it's kind of a catch 22. You know, we're trying to push all this stuff out, but at the same time, we're not having our pickups finalized. It's frustrating for us. So bear with us. We are getting more convenient locations. We're trying to make it convenient, but also. You know, there's there's being too convenient where it's not convenient for us. So we have to kind of balance it. So speaking of which, some of the people that have signed up for us are neighbors. And what they've done is one lady has offered to pick up the bundles from for her other neighbors and then deliver them. What I want to do, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit on the socials, is encourage people. If you think that you want to get farm fresh produce to your neighborhood, be an advocate for us and get your neighbors on board 
And if your neighbors don't want to meet us somewhere, come out to the farm. If we get five, 10, 15 of your neighbors, I'll come to your neighborhood on an evening and drop everything off and they can come pick it up in their neighborhood. Now, how much more convenient can that be? Because what, for instance, Westlake Lake doesn't have DoorDash, doesn't have. They don't have DoorDash? No, they don't. What's the other one? Um, Instacart. They don't have Instacart. Last time I looked, last time I looked, they didn't. Man, they're really missing out, I guess. So I'm like, you know, a local farmer is willing to be Instacart for you. Yeah, I'm not going to put it on your doorstep, but I'll, I'll at least drive it to your cul-de-sac and drop it off in your cul-de-sac for you All to you come to go. is walk down the street. I mean, that's more convenient than Kroger. Yeah. So my whole point is I want, I understand that people are willing to go to the farmer's markets. They already have a clientele. You know, they're willing to make that sacrifice to go to a farmer's market on Saturday. I want the people that want to buy local, who want to support, who want that clean, no spray, beyond organic produce, that clean meat, that chemical-free meat, to realize that there are, are, are other options out there. And we need our customers who really want to support us to be like, hey, you know, get talk to your neighbors. They might be willing. We already had one customer who actually is new to us. Already get two of her neighbors on board. So it can be done. Yep. And there's a lot of neighborhoods on the lake. Mm-hmm. And same thing if you're in Roanoke or Salem. Yep. We Same apply goes. We'll work it out. The model has been proven elsewhere. Yep. Unless you really want to go to downtown Roanoke on a Saturday and go to the farmer's market. But. Where you get conventional produce. Nah, there's some good. Well, Four Oaks sells. Four Oaks sells hydroponics on the market. Yeah, there's a lot of unconventional. We're looking at a drop off of Towers, near Towers. Hopefully one in Daleville and even one down in Collinsville towards Martinsville. We'll see how those go. I'm going to. Hopefully run by there tomorrow, Lord willing. And we'll let you all know as soon as I get a deal done. Because I realize that everyone is busy and sometimes not having, or excuse me, sometimes having a mid-morning drop-off point in Roanoke is conflicting with work. If people are willing and interested, you know, just reach out to us and talk to us. I want to work with you. I might have some ideas that you may not have, or you might have some ideas that I don't have. Or you might know of a local nutritionist or other health advocate that might be willing to do a drop-off point. We're everywhere now on all the socials. X, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, next door. My phone number's everywhere. My email address is everywhere. Probably going to start getting a lot of spam as we get bigger. <laughs> all I get on the email anymore is spam. All right, so our goal is to sell 200 shares. The reason I raised it was because people seem to be comfortable with the lower end share, which I get it. So, you know, if our average customers, one or two people in a household, and I understand them buying the small share, let's go ahead and we'll have a goal of 200 shares. People seem to be really worried about food and current events. And one thing that they don't have to worry about if they buy a CSA share from us is having food this summer. Yeah. You know, it's not only an investment in a local farm. It's also an an investment in your food security, maybe beyond just this summer. And also knowing that you have a, another local farm right down the road that is, growing good quality meat and produce. And then we can transition to high calorie crops that are needed. If you know, like potatoes and uh, uh, corn. So it's a whole nother discussion for another day about caloric intake. There's a reason families just used to grow one acre of potatoes and that's all they grew. That's all they ate. That's all they ate. Well, I guess I'll mention one more things about CSA. CSA shares can also be donated to a local food pantry. They can also be gifted to friends or family. It's a little late for Christmas, but... Early Christmas. Christmas in July. Christmas in July. 
tomatoes. You don't get that Christmas time. Ooh, good tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking forward to. A good old black cherry straight off the vine. Yeah, I do love those black cherry tomatoes. Those are really good. Yeah. They did really That's well, That's probably too. my favorite. They're sweet. They don't have that acidity that most tomatoes do. You know what's really funny is I've had quite a few people want us to grow more weird things. Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. Of course, there's like two people, but when <laughs> 10 people answer well, a survey, I mean, there were several people that came back to the stand just for those sashimi cucumbers. Which are good. They are good. And I think because they were so close to an English cucumber, that's why it didn't turn people off at first. And then they tried it and they liked it, which goes to show if you try things that are different, you might end up liking them. We had a couple people try the Blackfoot Sioux yeah. Japanese squash. That was good. That was a new one last year for me. And I liked it. So it tasted like a sweet potato. It looked like a pumpkin. But it looked like a pumpkin. You it could was, eat the rind. Yeah, you could eat everything on it except for, you know, the, the vine on the top. But yeah, that was good. Might do a little eggplant. We raised eggplant a couple of years ago. It was okay. I just don't care for eggplant myself, but other people do. So. And then, of course, do more peppers. It's one thing I love about Franklin County soil is it grows it peppers. It loves a good pepper. You get one, all you need is one plant for of jalapenos and you can feed all of Franklin County. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> Man, those Italian sweet peppers were good yeah, too. Yeah, those are good. I came across those at the last We do have bit. to do a lot of those this year because I think the kids ate more before they were able to go out to customers. <laughs> people tried them. People love them. Yeah. They're a nice, sweet snack pepper. You and some people ask for some hotter ones. I'm probably going to do like three or four plants of some of the hotter ones. Banana peppers. Oh, yes. Those. That is one thing I forgot yep. last year. Banana peppers. I was kind of like, really, dude, you, you, you forgot. <laughs> That's the one peppers. thing that like, even when it was cold, like started getting cold, that was the one plant that kept going. Yeah. <laughs> was the banana pepper. You know, we were talking on the way over here about doing potatoes the problem with potatoes are they horribly label intensive. They are. Might do, might do a little bit of potatoes just for our CSA customers to give them a little bit of variety. Might do a little sweet potatoes only because I want to try my sweet potato planter out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been sitting in the barn right there. I'm just like, I need to use that thing. Yeah. You got some tricks. I got some tricks I want to try with it. Some. Y'all let us know if how technically you want to get in farming. <laughs> but so one thing you could do with the potato planter, or um, it's a lot, it's a bare root transplanter technically, is you can get a node till attachment for it, for it. And literally, you know, you don't have to plow it and you can just plant your bare root transplants right in the ground. So I really want to try doing a green mulch. Laying down a thick cover crop. Can't do it this year because too late. I did it too late. Lay a really thick cover crop, which you it has to be really thick because I was look I was doing some researching some different studies and it's like ten times the seed. It's real it's a lot to to be really thick. And what you can do is you can go through and crimp it or lay a silage tarp over it and kill the grass. So that creates you a green mulch. And then you can come through with this bare root transplanter and plant your sweet potatoes right into your mounds <laughs> through the green mulch. And it, it'll greatly cut down on the weeds. What's that happening? I might try that next year because that bare root attachment ain't, or excuse me, that no-till attachment is not cheap. But it would open up some other doors for us as far as... We could do tomatoes, you can do peppers. You, there's a lot of bare root things you can do. Yeah. So that's pretty much the garden. I want to win. Just just some small attainable wins. Well, if you get 50 by Friday, you realize it's Tuesday, right? Okay. I announced it yesterday, so. Okay. I'm giving myself the end of the month. Okay. So. Surprise, you're not going past the end of the month. I will see. I mean, if we start picking up momentum, you know, if we get up to 10. <laughs> if we get up to last year. 
some contacts are going to, some contacts said that they would put it out to their customers. So I'm kind of hoping on that and seeing how that goes. So I get it. This is kind of early, but at the same time, we got to buy seed. We got to, you know, start planning going. We have to start the seed. So people don't realize that it takes, you know, six to 12 weeks for the seed to get. Oh, we got to start getting in the ground. We got to start um, peppers plants next month. And I'm going to start them earlier too. And I start tomatoes earlier than we did last year. Well, I guess this is it. Well, this is the last podcast. Be the statistic. For all those you don't know, it's like 45% of podcasts fail after the first four episodes. They stop. They don't fail. Oh, they, they stop. stop. Yeah, they stop. So this is the last one, guys. Sorry. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know me. I can't stop talking. I kind of like actually talking. The podcast will live on. For at least another like one or two episodes. Why? Why should people buy from us? Why should people care about local farms? Because in your uh, in your opinion. In my opinion, it's because you can see what is being done with your product. When you get it from Walmart or Kroger or whatever big box store that's selling their produce or chicken, whatever. You don't know what's happened to it beforehand. For all you know, Joe Schmo behind the behind the the counter could have dropped it on the floor, washed it off, put it right back on the tray. That's for all you. But at our place, you can come tour it. You can come see what we're doing. You can you can be a fly on the wall and watch us butcher chicken if you'd like. You can come help us and see what our practices are. All kinds of stuff. People are not really connected with their food. They have it in. They seem. They're not even. Uh, here's the thing, though. There's not. They're not even really connected with the farmer either, because there are some people now. M- a majority of them will stay and talk or talk and stand around after they've made their purchase, which we love. But there are some that just come in, get what they want, and they go. They don't really, you know, ask many questions about the product. And that's fine, too, if you don't really feel like doing that. But, you know, you know what you're getting if you go to your local farmer. The people that keep coming back are also the people that stuck around and we talked to. Yeah, because you made that connection. In which we're going to work on more. That's why we're going to keep doing podcasts. It's to provide a connection. It's not necessarily to sell things. Yeah. It's to let you all know how we're doing, what we're doing. Yeah, right now it's just a lot of marketing. That's why we're on the CSA marketing kick right now. But as we get into the season, we'll have more to talk about. I'm sure a lot of lessons learned. You're always learning. One thing I was thinking about today was that there's a lot this year we don't have to do like we did last year. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be a lot more that you didn't think about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully we'll have 200... And shares to package every week. A lot of shares. It is. Y'all better hold on to your bags. Yeah, seriously. We'll see how those bags hold up. I really do want to do actually a cloth bag. Probably do that after we redo the logo. For all those of you wondering, we're redoing the logo slightly. We're rebranding in a sense. Sense. Everyone's like, you do pigs. I'm like, well, the tagline was... Wow. Local, Local, honest, honest. transparent, farm fresh food. And I was like, you know, that's broad. covers everything. You know, we can grow. And then people are like, see the logo and like, oh, you see pigs? All right. Well, originally we started out with hogs. So that's why. So we're going to change it slightly, but not enough where people won't recognize it. Yeah. The farm sign is not changing anytime soon. I got a really good deal on the farm sign. (laughs) I might move it. We're going to try to do some work on the driveway. That's all, sorry, that's a whole other conversation. Rebranding slightly, you know, yeah. working on that marketing because not everyone Make sure we out, really stick out. Not everyone realized that not everyone started off perfect. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what people don't realize is you got to learn. You got to do things not right sometimes to get it right. Well, I'm, I must be really tired. I guess that's what I get for sitting in front of the computer all day. 
everyone's probably getting tired of me seeing all my posts on social media. So comparing Facebook's impressions versus even when we run an ad on Facebook and Instagram and then comparing it with like next door, our impression, Facebook sucks. Unless you pay a crap ton of money, you don't get nowhere on Facebook or Instagram. Yep. It's almost like they're a business in out to make money. Good old meta. So, Colin, I've been working on a lot of like the backdoor stuff, like connecting things from the website to all the different socials and everything. And there's a lot in that a lot of people don't see and how you have to build all the backdoors to connect everything. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. I understand why people don't do this. Don't do marketing or don't do socials. Well, comes down to how much does it mean to you? Well, I came to realize like, well, this is crunch time, so got to do it. Could you elaborate more on why you think people should buy local? So you were talking about knowing your farmer. What are other reasons to you why you believe people should support local? Well, it supports the community. How so? Uh, Local uh, economy. So your local economy gets supported because the the farmer can put it back into something else local because... The farmer can't farm everything for themselves either. You have to realize that farmers have to buy from other farmers as well, such as our feed. We buy from a local guy. So that goes to him. That money goes to him. We get that feed. So that helps a lot. That helps other farmers. So farmers help other farmers. Uh, I think another aspect, this is kind of a, a theory in my mind, and I don't know if it's real or not, but... A lot of what you consume and put around you in your ecosystem affects you. So I would rather something around my ecosystem rather than something from Timbuktu or I don't know what's in it and all that. So that's what I have to say about that. So you've really got into clean eating and nutrition ever since we got married. Well, that was... Do you want to talk about After that a little bit? After baby number two. Well, that's, that's really been your passion. And that was eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah. So as a mother, what really led you into where you are today about eating clean and really this journey of nutrition? I don't know. I was just tired of feeling like crap all the time. I mean, I still have underlying health conditions that contribute to it, but... I don't feel as bad as I could. So that sums up an eight-year journey. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, if I <laughs> if I didn't start, if I didn't start working out and eating healthy, I can tell you I would not be able to do about ninety percent of the things that I do on the farm, picking and lifting, and you know, I remember running you, around. I remember when you started eating clean and stuff, you were focusing a lot on gluten. Yeah. And you noticed that you had a gluten sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And you've also, but lately you have started eating bread again. Why is that? Because it is not, as far as my knowledge, is not sprayed with glyphosate. So you've been purchasing non-GMO flour. Yes. Which, see, the problem is, is, Spraying glyphosate is not technically a non-GMO thing. It just gets lumped in underneath it. It's not non. It's not genetically modified when you s- spray it. So, only genetic modified organisms can be sprayed with glyphosate, but you can't technically spray glyphosate on wheat. While it's growing, but there's some but, uh, until the end to dry it out faster. I no, believe. I don't know the entirety of it. I don't either. I'm not a grain farmer yeah. by any means. I was just talking to another farmer the other day, and he was talking about that. You have noticed a difference by purchasing non-GMO flour. Yes, and also fermenting. So making sourdough, sourdough, fermenting any grains like oats. You know, doing a twelve-hour soak. Rice. So you're supposed ha- to do that anyway. That's how they used to do it anyway. Yeah. So you have noticed a difference personally? Yeah. 
I can I can eat it. I'm fine. But if I went to the store and bought a package of bread, I'd have a horrible headache the next day and stomach issues. Yeah, I've noticed if we buy like Oreos or something from the store that you do have a headache the next day. Yeah. It's interesting. And I still like to live, you know. Well, Oreo a day keeps people the say doctor away, right? People say it's anecdotal evidence, but no. the more that I, in my own experience, especially with like switching to non-GMO feed, and now you feed me eggs all the time and I don't have an issue. Yep. So that really tells me that there is something to this. Yep. So that was my eight-year journey. Yeah, that was my eight-year journey. I mean, for those for those of you that don't know, Megan is an ad, ad, avid fitness enthusiast, as well as a you have a desire to learn nutrition. Yeah, I would in the future like to be a dietitian, not a nutritionist, because anybody can be a nutritionist. A dietitian has has the letters after the name. Did not know that. Yes. Yep, that's the difference. And we've met, actually, we've met quite a few dietitian and nutritionists. Yeah. Um, I mean, nutritionists know their stuff, too. They just, that's, yeah, I won't go into that. But <laughs> well, I guess my point is, I've, I've worked like, what, four or five that we personally know now that our customers are at one point or another. And it's interesting that these people who really study nutrition lean towards clean eating. But at the same time, it's probably the circles we run into. I will say that. Probably. Um, <laughs> I was, so I was talking to a, a, a friend who's selling mushrooms. He was going to start offering. We're going to start offering his mushrooms when we get the farm store up running. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that yet, but we are. <laughs> he knows now. <laughs> and so we were talking, I don't know, just chit-chatting and stuff. And he's like, yeah, my uh, neighbor's going to do microgreens. And I, and I was like, yeah, I don't really don't think there's a market for microgreens because I got another friend who's been trying microgreens for four years now or something crazy. It is it is slightly newer, though. Yeah, newer it is. Thing in the last couple of years. So, oh, by the way, I did tell you that I did put microgreens on the brochure. So, you know, we're going to raise a little bit of microgreens. I mean, we only got like 60 pounds of seed, so. Might as well put it to good use. I know, right? She's giving me the glare. Yeah, because I specifically said microgreens are too much work right now. I don't want to do them. So guess what he's doing? Well, okay, we'll offer like we'll offer like one or two weeks. <laughs> I didn't say how much. Y'all better not be counting on a lot of microgreens. Yeah. This is one thing I'm learning as we get into this whole farming. It's a lot of it's a lot of education, and people don't know. They don't, but you can't know everything either. Learn something new every day. I got another friend who keeps telling me, yeah, you need to start doing this, talking about we need agriculture and sustainable agriculture, which I thought about doing on this podcast, but we might have some guests on and kick back a little bit and joke around, then go on my rant about needing to support local agriculture. it's, it's It's really concerning when the federal government is even saying we are facing a food crisis you know it's bad when they outright say it yes and and it's even more concerning when we can't get people to support local i'm like you don't get it the 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 federal government is saying we are going to run out of food i really want to get into this when i can bring their receipts pull up the quotes pull the you know the grants and everything but i'll touch on it right here if we were to go to war, a large-scale World War II-style mobilization, the DOD, the Department of Defense, has done studies where we could not feed, the United States could not feed the military, let alone the civilian population. Now, Everyone says, oh, you could do local gardens and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but do you know how to garden? <sighs> That's the thing. A lot of people don't know how to, and they they think it's as simple as just throw the seed in the ground. So, point. Do you know how to garden? Okay, yes. So, that's education on the people doing the work. Do they have the tools? Yeah. Do they have the 
case of fertilizer. Do you even have the seed ready to go? Yes. Because chances are you won't be able to get your hands on seed. So, you know, so seed, it takes, you know, your seed, you're purchasing seed from plants that were raised last year. Yeah. Mostly. You're talking about the places to grow the seed, to harvest the seed, to store the seed, to pack the seed, to mail the seed, to get to you so you can plant the seed and have a horrible, horrible success rate because it's your first year. And seed only lasts so long, too. And so there's all these things that people don't realize that goes into this. Oh, I can just go. I'll just go and play me a victory garden in the back. Everyone looks back at World War II. So if you compare the numbers, it was 10, excuse me. I don't have them right in front of me. Again, I really want to bring the receipts for a longer in-depth podcast, but I believe it was 15% of the population in the United States was classified as rural when the start of World War II. Today, or, you know, they, they were growing farms. Today, it is less than 2%. So, you already have a greater percentage of the population having had experience in knowing how to garden. And also, this is the historian coming out at me, there was a huge urbanization shift during the Great Depression from rural to urban. So people were moving from the farm to the city to find work. And so that means that the majority of these people growing vegetable gardens in their you know, backyard and stuff had learned it on the farm as a kid from mm-hmm. their parents. Yep. And also, too, you can't just survive off of vegetables. Sorry, vegans. You still do need plant or you still need plants, but you also do need animal based protein to survive. A majority of us, there are some people who can get away with it. But for myself, I need protein. I need a majority of my plate is protein. Especially if you're working hard in the garden, you need protein to be able to do that work. It's a caloric intake. Yeah. You can't just now, can you just survive off of potatoes? Yeah, but you're going to be really miserable. What's interesting is if you Google planting a vegetable garden for a family of four, right? How, yeah. how size it is. If you just Google it, it comes up 40 feet by 30 feet, 120 square that's feet. That's not enough. No, that is not an. That says for a year too. If you start, that is no, not no. enough. But if you actually look into it and you... How much you actually take in... Calorically. Yeah, and put out. Yes. It is actually half an acre to three quarters of an acre... For a family. For a family of four. four. Now, everyone's like, oh, there's all this land and everything. Yeah, but how many people have a quarter of an acre to a half... Excuse me, a half of an acre to three quarters of an acre that they can devote to planting? So... We've talked about the planting, or we talked about the seeds. We talked about the planting, right? So we, we're har- okay. So all these people are harvesting it now, right? Mm-hmm. How are they going to store it? Yeah, there's used- many options. Yeah, one one thing. Are you going to be able to get the materials? One thing that they used to do during the during World War II here in Franklin County, every school had a cannery. Yeah. So that provided people an opportunity to go can their food. How many people know how to can? Maybe one, two percent of the population. And I only know how to can because my grandmother knew how to can. She would come over and do it with my mom and I'd be there in the kitchen. And I never actually completely did it myself until we started the garden a couple of years ago. I mean, I helped with it, but I never like, you know, actually did a lot of the stuff. So canning. Okay, that works. But canning works for some things, not for others. Not for others. We're not going to go into that. But another piece of infrastructure that is no longer around is root cellars. Yeah. So you could store your Everybody tubers. Everybody had a root cellar back then. Yep. You could sell your, you could store your tubers. You could store your apples. Yeah. You could sell for your, months. You can store your carrots, your apples, your cabbages, cabbages, your sauerkrauts, yeah. your, you know, that's, you know, we got, um, even your big old crocs that, was my great grandmother's. Yeah. And some that mama purchased. And those 15 gallon crocs were used to make sauerkraut. Uh-huh. That's a lot of cabbage. But they grew foods that they could store over the winter. Yeah. And they cured meats. 
and they start they started in their root cellar. And they probably also grew some things in the winter when, you know, weather permitting stuff like kale and your more cold hardy stuff like collards, cabbage yeah. and collards. And so that infrastructure is no is not around anymore. No. Largely. That's another step that people don't think about because they can still yeah. go to the store during the winter and purchase greens. Of course, we're not still there. Still go to the store during the winter and get you a tomato. Yep. Of course, we're not there yet ourselves. No. We're, we're continuing to we work We could be quickly, it. though. I believe. We really needed to. I, we need to build a, a root cellar in our smokehouse. Mm-hmm. It's really the last two things I really need. But, but I think we could get it done quickly if we absolutely needed to. We could. And, and know, we could store stuff for others. That's added capital need for infrastructure. That's just one small farm. Yeah. We, we can only feed so many people on our land. So I was thinking about this as far as what can we feed? Of course, this, you know, we're not saying we're self-sufficient by no means because we still have inputs for feed feed and everything. But, you know, say if we were to grow a garden, our garden space right now is about an acre and an eighth, acre and a quarter. We can feed expandable though. Eight. I mean, we can feed eight. They are basically our, just the larger board family. So, and of course, there's going to be a whole other, like, oh, you can do high-intensity square foot gardening. Yeah, all right. You don't want to deplete the soil, though. That's a that's, problem. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm making generalities here for all those technical people out there that's going to listen to this and be like, well, you could do this and that. And I'm like, yes, you can. There are other things that you can do. Yeah. But I'm trying, I'm stating in generalities here. It's, it's like an acre of barley. Per family of four, you know, is for a year. Yeah. It's 200 pounds of vegetables per person. People need to realize there's a lot more that goes into supplying them with food or even being self-sufficient if there is a supply chain. Yeah. Now, what really boggles the mind again and again is people don't remember COVID. Yeah. Toilet paper. Not even that chicken. (laughs) Yeah, chicken. Chicken had doubled. There's still not the selection that there was. No. And they've also redone the stores to make it look like there's more than there is. So I think we've talked about. That's been three years ago and people have seemed to have forgotten. That's just how society works. They forget things all the time. And, And but the same people are like, oh, something else could happen. But they don't buy local. Yeah. Because it's going to take months, if not years, to get things where they need to be to really supply your local community. Yep. Better to be prepared than have to scramble. Take chicken, for instance. It could take, depending on the crop and, uh, you know, depending on the crop and the feed and everything, it takes several months to grow the, to grow the soybeans, the corn, the wheat. Everything that goes in the chicken feed. Then it takes three weeks to hash the chick. Then it takes eight to 12 weeks to grow the chicken. (laughs) So it takes almost a year from the time you plant the, to plant the crops for the feed in the ground to when that chicken is on your plate, it almost takes a year. Yep. Beef. Oh, it's grass fed. All right. Beef. Gestation for cow is 10 months. You're the one who taught me that too. That's why I was like, (laughs) y'all, y'all cow farmers are going to like yell at me. I think it's, I think you can start breathing them when they're about a year. No, it's not. Really? It's Uh, 15 months. Yes. It's 15 months. My bad. We're not cow farmers. No. And every animal is so different. So it takes, you know, so time, if you have a calf that's born, I mean, you raise it and slaughter it. You're talking at 15, 18 months at the time it's on your plate. Yeah. It's a process. So, in, in vesh, I mean, even potatoes are 70 days. It's been a while since I looked at all this stuff. Please forgive me. And you got a couple months. Yeah. It takes time to grow all this stuff, and people don't plant more than their demand. Yep. So that's one reason we're asking for people to sign up for our CSA is it help us helps us gauge demand. Yep. 
and for our neighbors. So if something happens, we got you. And they have to drive the need in order to increase demand in order to do the supply. Yeah, it's a complicated process. What in, what am I not what am I not getting through to people? Or I, I need to get this keep hammering this message. People are so removed from their food that they don't realize how long it takes to grow things. Yeah. I just don't think people are as motivated personally. Yes, they're going to eat the bugs. We are too busy looking at our little screens, seeing what Joe Schmo across the world is doing. We're too busy. We're too busy doom scrolling. Yeah. And then wringing our hands about there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Here's something you can do about it. Support a local farm. It doesn't have to be us. Doesn't have to be all of them. No. Pick one. Just one product. Just one product. If you buy one steak. So here, I'm going to do some math. I'll do it live right here. So I ran the numbers. I mean, how much sales we really need to do, which is more than I want to admit. But we're not going to talk about that on here. So let's say, let's say we have real. So realistically, we need to do about $300,000 in sales, which everyone's like, that's a lot. No, that's basically how much we need to sell to pay ourselves. So 300,000 divided by 12 is $25,000 a month. Okay. Now, if we had 200 customers consistently buy from us every month, that's $125 a month. So if we had 200 customers buy consistently throughout the year from us, that's one farm that would be able to grow. Now, how many people are in your neighborhood? How many people in your church that are so concerned about local, worldwide, national events? Everyone thinks that violence is going to erupt on the streets. Well, I can tell you what. There's not going to be no food. And then it's just going to get worse. Yep. So quit thinking about, oh, the violence that could happen or this or that. Do something that's actionable. Support a local farm. 200 people, $125 a month. Now, I actually saw it was a Smoking Chimneys had a point. A post on Facebook. They do trout. And she was talking about her cow. How she loves raw milk. And how raw milk was the thing that really set her on the you know, food quality journey because she never tasted something so good. I shared the post. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize something that she said, I'm, she said, I'm willing to sacrifice Netflix. I'm willing to sacrifice the things that are luxuries yeah. to buy quality. So $125, that's, it sounds like a lot and I get it. People are struggling. Uh, they're spending it anyway, though. So, I, I mean, Netflix is what up to twenty five dollars now, yeah. Depending on and your plan, people don't only have Netflix. No, they have Netflix. They have Paramount. They have HBO, which is something else now. They have all the things. Those Stop eating out so much, which I know people are not eating out as much as they were, but I'm sure that there are some luxury things that you could take down that I, would pay for that. I mean, we've had to cut back a lot of luxuries ourselves because it's been extremely difficult these last couple months. Yeah. Which everyone's like, well, you shouldn't have quit your day job. Honestly, I a gamble. I came the I came to the conclusion that the day job was going to get taken away from me anyway because I wouldn't bend the knee to an experimental medical procedure. But and then people look at me like, oh, well, you're going to go farming? I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Go work for the man and get injected with an experimental substance? No, hundred and twenty five dollars a month may not have an impact on Netflix, HBO, or it may not have an impact on Walmart or Kroger, but it has a huge, huge impact on buying from a local farm. People are probably going to say, well, my money doesn't go as far. I had a customer tell me the other day, she's like, I raised Cornish crosses. I tried your chicken. Your chicken actually fills me up more. I was like, wow. Better nutrients. She's like, she said, I've started eating clean and I actually eat less. It's amazing if you feed your body what it needs and not what it wants. <laughs> so, yes, you may not be getting as much for the same amount of money, but the quality is better, is definitely healthier. Oh, yeah. 
and you are helping a neighbor pay their mortgage. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. For that cute little girl that sits in the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Every little bit helps. It does. And we're trying to do better. We're going to keep doing podcasts. We're going to keep talking about the farm. Next time, we're going to plan on talking to them about our experience with pigs and what we learned and how good guinea hog is. Yep. Got some in the refrigerator right now waiting to be cooked up. Skin on. Ooh. Mm-hmm. We still have some of that, huh? Trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, I saw something really good. So take a take the skin side and cut it and score it into cubes mm-hmm. or cut, cut a grid and then flip it over and cook it skin side down. And then that will allow some of the fat to come through and it'll also uh, caramelize and kind of like cook the skin. Get more consistently. Flip it over and it really yeah, then flip it makes over. it nice and crispy. Yep, crispy mm-hmm. it up. I was like, man. Let's try that. I've also, one thing I've learned is you can, it's, I, I, I don't know how to cook. And there's a lot more out there that, <laughs> there's a lot of things you can do. <laughs> I tell you what, you cooked some really good potatoes last night. They were really good. From the farm potatoes. Those are the ones that we can. Oh, those ones. I was wondering why the, I said, these are Yukon Golds. They are? I was like, man, they're good. That's a good potato right it there. It is a good potato. We're going to grow Yukon Golds. Mm-hmm. They're a determinate potato. Hmm. Did you know potatoes were indeterminate, indeterminate? Yes. I do know that because I'm married to you. I get to learn all the fun facts. All right. You ready to go eat? Yes. What are we having? Fried chicken. Pasture raised. Fried in... Oh, she frying it in lard? Mm. Fried in pasture-raised lard. My mother-in-law knows how to fry something. We had fried squirrel one time, and I can still taste it. <laughs> in a good I guess, way. I guess I should have bought property that had more woods. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm. Fried chicken in lard. That's a homegrown oh, meal man, right I there. Can't wait. All right. Until next time, you got anything you want to close us out? Uh, we have a new tagline, which was said in the beginning, which I don't have memorized. Nurturing the soil, feeding the community, one meal at a time. Hey, I came up with that. Did a good job. It's a call to action. Yeah. And I hope people act. We need people to act. Not just in farming, but just everything in general. People need to get motivated. Start standing up a little bit more. Stop being wussies. We're doing what we can. Yeah. Personally, I'm doing personally what I can. Yep. That's hard. It's very discouraging sometimes. People need to realize that being on the couch is part of the, part of the, part of the system. Yep. So sitting on your phone, it's part of the system. Quit doom scrolling. Quit doom scrolling. Quit listening to podcasts. (laughs) Do something. Do something. Well, you can listen to podcasts while you do stuff. Yes, but. Yes, I'll say it. And, and I'm really getting tired of everyone bitching online, in person, and not doing things, simple things. To fix it. Yes. Join a local organization that's like-minded. There's piles of them. Yep. There are piles of national organizations that have local chapters. Get up and go do something. Yep. And guess what? You will find out that you are not alone. When I talk to people and and tell them that they're not alone and there's a lot of other like-minded individuals out there doing their part, it really, one, it blows their minds. To me, it seems like that blows their minds, but it's also encouraging to them and to me that we're not alone. Nope. And hey, at the end of the day, I really just want to farm and be left alone. (laughs) I don't think you're going to be left alone because you're farming. No, but that's what I want to do. Well, it's a good goal to have. N- nurturing the soil, feeding the community, one meal at a time. Until next time, this is So Grow Listen. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Fassel Hills Farm Podcast.